Hi, and welcome to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed, the no BS hustle-free podcast for business owners who outsource or provide outsourcing services. I'm your host, Rosie Shiloh, virtual assistant advocate and owner of Virtually Yours, the virtual assistant network. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed podcast. And I'm so excited. I've got Emily Chadbourne. I've lassoed her in. I've got her here to talk to you today. She runs a business uh, that focuses around mindset coaching, and it's called Unashamedly Human, and I absolutely love it. And I, I just I just wanted to share Emily with the world today. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honour. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. So today I, I, I started doing um, some of your mindset coaching sort of middle of this year and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those, I'm a very doubtful person when it comes to people who, who talk about trading people around mindset and you completely won me over with the way that you approach it and I just went, yeah, this, that works for me. What is it that's different about what you do with mindset coaching? Yeah, look, I think you had every right to be a little bit dubious because unfortunately coaching is one of those um, industries which isn't regulated. So anyone can call themselves a coach. And unfortunately, I think what tends to happen, or the thing that I found with personal development, when I first started getting into personal development, I did it for my own self my own being I was a bit of a clusterfuck of a human being I was a red hot mess three years ago I was waiting tables for 20 bucks an hour with a huge mountain of debt which I genuinely thought if I ignored for long enough would just magically go away and I really wasn't very good at taking responsibility for myself or my actions or non-actions so I was in a huge world of blame everything it was all everybody else's fault none of it was mine And um, when I sort of came to this revelation, which sounds so simple now, but at the time it was like, oh, wow, it was like this huge epiphany for me to realize that I was the common denominator in every shit relationship I'd have had, every shit boss I'd had, every shit job, my shit relationship with money, my shit relationship with my body. The only common denominator in all of those things was me. And that's when I realized there was a huge gap in my knowledge because I didn't know how to change me. I knew I could. Mm -hmm but I didn't know how. And so I set about learning, right? If you, if you work out that there is a gap in your knowledge, the only way to fill that gap is to go out and learn it. And so I got quite heavily into this world of personal development and it was revolutionary and it was amazing and it was confronting. But after a while, what I realized was there was this whole world of what I call sheeny, shiny personal development. You know, lots of like, I mean, we were saying just before we hit the record button, right, that we've both kind of rocked up, like, I've just come back off a run, like, mopping sweat off my brow, you've just cleaned your office, like, this is the real life, this is what I look like every day, like, a bit minging, honestly, there's some food on my top, and I'm all right with that, because I'm a human being, and what I was seeing in the world of personal development, especially when it came to mindset, was this kind of like, yeah, sheeny, shiny, here's my beautiful hair, here's my beautiful house, here's my pool, which isn't mine, but you don't know that. Here's a Lamborghini that I kind of am just standing near, and my photographer took a picture of it, so maybe now you think it's mine. Do my eight-step process, and you'll have a fabulous life too. And I was just like, that's bullshit. Because it doesn't matter how much I was applying what I was learning 
ultimately, the human condition is hard. Mm. It just is. And there's no amount of positive psychology and no amount of manifestation that you can do that is going to stave off what I call the Ds, right? So debt, divorce, death. And it doesn't matter, you know, what that context comes in, debt doesn't necessarily need to be huge amounts of debt, but you know, especially when we're sort of starting out in business, money is a thing that we have to learn how to treat appropriately, how to manage appropriately, how to change our relationship with money so that we can have more of it. Death happens, spoiler alert, it's happening to everybody. Um, And divorce, whether that mean actual divorce, or whether it mean you know, the conclusion of a friendship or the conclusion of a romantic relationship or insert whatever it is here, right? Nothing is forever. Nothing is permanent. And although positive psychology is something that I teach and something that I employ in my own life, I'm also a massive realist. Like, like full disclosure, it is not my best time of the month right now. And I was driving to um, a meeting across the other side of the city this morning and I was raging. Like, just everybody was driving like a dickhead, apart from me, obviously. And no one was being sensible. And everyone was a tosser. And that's it's okay that I feel like that. And I think there's a danger in new personal development that we see, especially with the filter of social media on the top of it, which gives the impression that if you're in a bad mood or if things aren't going at, working out your way, that there's something fundamentally wrong with the way that you're doing life. And you know what? Life is a clusterfuck. Let's all get over that and try and manage the contrast of it as best that we can, as opposed to trying to create a lifestyle that is devoid of a problem. Because while you're doing that, while you're trying to live a life without problem, you're not living your life. You're playing really small, you're hiding behind your front door and your problem will come and find you in a different way, whether that be anxiety, whether it be depression, whether it be loneliness. So it's not about avoiding the problem of life. It's about learning how to deal with the contrast of it, how to be super duper grateful and present and joyous when those moments come along, which they do, if, if, you, if you're willing to receive them, if you're willing to let them. But it's also about learning the tools to be able to go, well, that didn't go as planned, or that bit sucks, or I'm just going to sit here and be in a really bad, horrible, stinking mood for a period of time. I'm going to put a timer on it. I'm not going to stay there but I'm going to give myself permission to what I call feel all the feels. And I think that's important. Mm. Yeah. That was a long answer. Well, I loved it. I loved it. I could listen to you all day, but it's so true. You've got that whole, at the moment, we've got this constant barrage of people telling us that, you know, you two can stand in front of a Lamborghini and I've done it before. I went into a car park and I stood in front of someone else's car and took a photo and I'm like, ha this is so mine now. Like just a joke because that's what people do, right? Check out this car. Totally. It was on brand, right? It was just red. It was everything my car would be. And because I could just see that everywhere and we're just, it's such a barrage. So for me, I looked at emotional intelligence when I was in my mid-20s. I really needed to look at how I was reacting to my environment and everything that has had hit me. Um, but then I kind of didn't really address it very much for a few years until you came along. It was just the right time. And I think one of the interesting things is that the tools that I um, started working with, they were very helpful when I was in my, my 20s, but social media was not like it is now then. And to sort of regroup and relook at what we're actually living in, um, especially for those of us who do spend a lot of time 
in social media with our businesses, running our own businesses, which is fraught with, you know, the whole self-doubt, self-sabotage, all that sort of stuff. It's really important to keep on learning that and keep on evolving how how we, um, yeah, respond to life. Mm, yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those tricky things, really, and this is definitely something that I've learned, is that... <clears throat> there isn't a, an end to the learning of it um and i think you know it's like the onion isn't it there is always another layer to go but i think when i first started in personal development what i thought would happen would would be that i would learn the thing that i needed to learn and then it would be okay i was i was waiting for the the epiphany the aha moment and i've had lots of those along the way but they normally lead to more aha moments or more areas of oh fuck here's another gap i didn't even know i had this gap didn't even know this gap existed didn't even know that there was information here that i didn't even yeah. know and i think you know it is it's that kind of ever expansive kind of um realization that you are always you are a forever learner you don't get to get to the end you don't oh i've worked it out don't worry guys <laughs> That doesn't happen, right? Oh, damn, it. <laughs> damn it, yeah, I know, so annoying. But I think especially it's so interesting when it comes to social media because, you know, like you, I use social media every single day. It's my main platform for marketing and sales as it just is across the board. So it doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter if you're a funeral director, if you're a VA or if you're a mindset coach or if you're a, you know, doula, you are on social media if you are in business. And so it can be an exceptionally dangerous place because here's what social media does. So by, well, let's like strip it back to our biology because I think once we understand why we are the way we are, it becomes much easier for us to have conscious awareness. And once we've got conscious awareness, we can then make a decision as to how we want to respond as opposed to this is just my reaction to the situation. I'm feeling this because, right? I'm just feeling like this. This is just the way I am. Like, actually, let's let's take a breath and be like, well, this is how I'm feeling. This is my first thought. And maybe I can't control my first thought, but I can always control my second one, right? So, realistically, we are, as, this is my understanding at this particular moment in time. And who knows? Maybe I will have some spiritual awakening tomorrow and I might change my entire idea. Maybe I'll go and be a nun. I don't know, like, whatever. Where I am right now, this is what I understand to be true. Take it or leave it. It's all good. Like, it's just my where I'm at, at the moment. As I understand it, we are physical, human, animal beings. Biology, DNA, been around for two million years. Probably not going to override that with a little bit of Facebook. <laughs> and we are having a spiritual experience. Why? I don't fucking know. I don't know what happens when we die. I don't really know what happens. I don't know why we're here. I don't know ha what happened before we got here. But I do know that I am here and I'm here for a very short period of time. And so I'm going to make the most of it. I'm not going to worry about what happens on the other side. I'm just going to worry about what I am doing right here, right now in this particular human inc incarnation. So I understand that my biology is something that I cannot get rid of. It is a huge driving force in in the way that I am, the way that I show up. Yes, I am a spiritual being. I totally get that. And I look after my spiritual health in all sorts of ways. But when we're looking at this idea of feeling like we are enough or proving ourselves on social media or comparing ourselves to other people on social media, this is what's happening. 
it's a, it's very controlled by our reptilian brain. So our reptilian brain has one job and one job only, and that is to keep us alive so that it can ensure the survival of the species. Doesn't give a shit about our happiness, doesn't give a shit about our bank balance, other than is there enough resource around me to keep me safe and to keep me included in the pack. Um, what happens is we are social creatures by default and we are constantly calibrating ourselves against the tribe of people that we are associated with. And that's really important for survival because if I do something wrong, if I get kicked out the tribe, if I don't pull my weight, if I'm not deemed to be enough, if I'm not deemed to be lovable, if there is something wrong with me, if I'm defective, then I could bring the whole tribe down, right? Now, if I bring the whole tribe down, now the whole tribe is in danger. So if I'm a bit of a dick, I get kicked out of the pack. Now, this is problematic because I can't save myself from the saber-toothed tiger if I'm on my own. I can't procreate if I'm on my own. I think many people have tried it. doesn't work. can't keep the fire going. I can't hunt. All of these things, which in the wild, it, basically, if I get kicked out of the pack, I'm going to die. There's some really interesting research that's coming out from um, Helen Fisher and her team. And they, they were researching what happens to the brain when, chemically, what happens to the brain when it's in love. And they took this bunch of people and they put them into functional MRI machines and they just had their hearts broken. And they asked them to recall while they were lying in these MRI machines, imagine and recall the exact moment that you got dumped. Terrible language, but I'm going to use it for the context of this conversation. And then they took photos of the brain, what happened to the brain. And the part of the brain, the region of the brain that gets ignited is in the reptilian brain. It's got nothing to do, no reasoning, no logic is going to get you out of this feeling. The part of the brain that got ignited was the part of the brain that comes to life when you are faced with impending death. Because we are designed to look at the people around us and go, oh, fuck, I'm being rejected. I need to change my behavior immediately so that I do not die. Now, this worked really well when we were rocking out in small tribes of anything from 20 to about 100. But today, with social media, we are now connected to 7 billion fucking people. So it becomes really problematic when we start calibrating ourselves against a tribe of people who are not our fucking tribe. Mm. It becomes really, really problematic when we start looking at people who have filtered the fuck out of their lives and who are operating from a completely different value system, who have completely different resources, who would, we would be at war with these people in tribal mm. times. They are not our people. And yet we calibrate ourselves against them. And so these feelings of self-doubt, these feelings of fear, these feelings of rejection come up and we're just sitting on our fucking sofa on a Wednesday night, scrolling through Instagram, looking at people we'll never speak torturing to. Torturing ourselves. <laughs> torturing ourselves, absolutely. And so well, what do we do about this? Well, number one, we bring conscious awareness to it. Well, what is this feeling? Why is this coming from? Why am I feeling like this? Understand it is your reptilian brain going, am I safe? Am I loved? Do I belong? And no one on this planet gets away without having those three universal fears. Am I enough? Do I belong? And am I loved? Um, there's a really interesting thing I heard the other day. It's called the Oprah effect. Um, Barack Obama was being interviewed by Oprah. And at the end of the interview, he turned around to her and he said, was that okay? <laughs> and oh, Barack Obama, was that, was that okay? Was I okay? Was I good enough? Oh. And um, she turned around to him and she said, 
every single person that I have ever interviewed has asked me that question. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Am I, did I do okay? Was that all right? Oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, you, no one gets off planet Earth without those universal fears. It's, it's in our DNA. It's in the fabric of who we are. It's about whether or not we allow that fear to override yeah. us and whether or not we allow that fear to dictate our behavior and therefore dictate the reality that we create for ourselves. And that for me is manifestation. Manifestation, yes, of course, we could unpack this idea of law of attraction, vibrational frequency, our you know, spiritual being, what our frequency is in terms of money, what our frequency is in terms of love. And that's all really interesting and it's all really important, but ultimately no amount of frequency work is going to override the action that you take. And if you are sitting in fear, which in itself is a frequency, right? But if you're sitting in fear, if you're sitting in self-doubt, you're not going to get off the sofa to make the action. You're not going to post that thing on Facebook in case somebody else judges you for it. So what do we do about it, yes. right? That's the question. It's all very well unpacking it as a topic. What the fuck do we do now, right? Thanks for my problem, Emma. Help me. Um, well, that's my next question, so that's awesome. Okay, awesome. So I think, you know, one of the things that we need to be really, really aware of is that this is a, a biological wiring in, in us, and you are not alone. Again, this is why it's really important that you and I are here with our like everyday faces on Rosie isn't it like that you know you're not alone yeah. you, you, we, we're so good at being e egotistical creatures which we're meant to be we're designed to be egotistical creatures it's impossible for us to know how anyone else is yeah. feeling so what we tend to do and again because social media puts the like oh don't share your flaws just yeah. a nice picture the, with the, the socks you know with the holes in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah you can't smell yeah. me right now and that's a good thing right thank god for that <laughs> so thank god for that you welcome so um so i think that you know having this understanding reminding yourself and being and finding your tribe to be able to have that conversation with whether that be online in a facebook group whether it be your mate from down the road whether it be your cousin who's in a different country like connect with people that you can be like oh man feeling really human today <laughs> anyone else feeling human because i think it's not talked about when it's not talked about we don't express it when we don't express it we can't transcend through it so find your tribe be really unashamedly human about being human. It's cool, man. Like, it would be weird if you didn't have fear. Yes. Um, find a place, a healthy place where you can express that, but where people aren't going to let you believe your own bullshit. Yeah, so it's not a place to be like, oh, my life is terrible. Like, don't hang out with Debbie Downers because you yourself will become a Debbie mm -hmm. Downer. You will start believing that you are not worthy and then that will manifest in your life. So find some high vibe people, but people who aren't like pretending like life is all roses. Yeah. Um, the second thing that I think is really important is monitor who you do follow on social media. You know, for a really long time, I followed people that I thought was like inspiration and it wasn't, it was just killing me on the inside. Like find the people that you aspire to be like, not to be, cause you can't be anyone but you. And that in itself is glorious because it means you can't be in competition with anyone yeah, else. Nice. <laughs> um, but but yeah, find the people who are inspirational. Don't find people who are just sucking in their stomachs and not eating food for weeks on end as fitspiration because you're never going to achieve that goal. You're not. You're never going to look like the, those people who are like ripped on social media, for example, who are like fitness, all natural, buy my Herbalife product, but nothing against any yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Like living my best life. <laughs> Fuck them off because they're probably, probably they are eating a very strict 
calorie controlled diet they are working out as their full-time mm -hmm. job and they're in the one percentile of genetics in the world and you're never going to look like that that is not inspiration it's completely demotivating so be careful about who you are following on social media follow your friends follow the funny people for sure but follow the real life people because you know, you're not doing and you're not doing yourself any favor. You're not inspiring yourself. You're actually doing the complete opposite of that. And then the second thing, I mean, the third thing, sorry, would be to really start drilling down on, well, what are my fears and are they founded? Because a lot of the fear that we experience as human beings is actually borrowed from somebody yeah. else. And that was a huge revelation to me. So let me give you a quick example of this, right? I've seen the film Jaws scared of great white mm -hmm. sharks never in all of my days have i been in the water in close proximity to a great white shark haven't been bitten by one i don't know anyone in real life that's been bitten by one but when i was five years old i watched that film and it scared the crap out of me and so now whenever i am in the ocean there is a part of me that is in fear of the great yeah. white shark coming yeah. along it's not my story <laughs> it's so true but what i can do because our brain is so powerful right our brain is our superpower so let's go back like 50,000 years before we developed the type of language that we understand now because we've always had language we've always been social creatures you can't be a social creature if you do not have language and it doesn't always necessarily need to be verbal right our physical language our facial expressions are equally as important as the spoken word that we um, produce but like let's go back like 50,000 years realistically we're pretty shit like, as animals, we didn't fly, we didn't run fast, um, we stopped swinging through trees, we became land animals, we started walking upright. Real problematic on, on lots and lots and lots of areas. So what we needed to do, every animal needs a superpower, right? So our superpower became our brain, and it began to develop really quickly in evolutionary terms. And what our brain did was it created the prefrontal cortex and what the prefrontal cortex did was it gave us the ability to ask a question and that question was what if, ah, yes. what, what if I take the saber-toothed tiger tooth and I start chipping away at this piece of rock and what happens if I sit on that piece of rock what happens if I take this fire and I don't let it go out what happens if I put the meat on the fire what happens if what happens if everything that you see around you right here this is top I'm wearing this mouse I'm using this lighter I used to light my candles this morning this jug that was somebody going, what is? That's a nice jug. I'm glad they went well with that. Isn't it a great yeah. jug? Good yeah, jug. nice jugs there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice jug. <laughs> so this beautiful, amazing ability to ask the what if question allowed us to create the society that we now live in. Everything that you see around you was once in somebody's imagination before it manifested into real life. Amazing. Yeah. Now our superpower, also our super curse, yeah. because... What happened was our ability to recall information and attach an emotion to it, which doesn't need to be ours, yeah. can be borrowed, can be heard, can be elaborated, that we can now also attach what if to. <sighs> so any fear that you experience is something that you have made up in your head because it hasn't happened yet. Fear is always in the future. So now what we can do is we can wake up in the morning and we say, what if I put that marketing campaign out? What if I do that live video? What if I put my face to my business and think back to all the stories you've heard of people who have 
failed in business. Think back to all those accounts that your father told you of people who've lost money in the past because they invested in themselves. Think back to all of the stories, most of which are not yeah. yours. Attach the fear, the feeling to it, and then you project it into your future. And that is fear. Yeah. So a lot of creating a reality for yourself that you want, especially in business, means doing action in spite of the fear. And then what will happen over time is that slowly but surely you will begin to see that the thing that you feared was just the thing that you imagined. And most of the time, the thing that you fear either doesn't come true or it's not as bad as you think it is. Because there is a massive difference between fear and danger. But physiologically, your body doesn't understand uh, that. Yes. Yeah. Massive difference. You're not going to die if you put a marketing campaign out, put a hundred bucks behind it and you don't get any leads. No one's going to die in that situation. No. But you fear that you are failing, therefore you fear rejection, therefore insert all the stories and all the crap that we drag around with us on a daily basis. And so a lot of that will come back to what, what you believe to be true, what you don't believe to be true, i.e. the stories that you have heard that you have now based your reality on. Um, all men are bastards, money is hard to make, I'm not good enough. All of these things are belief systems, which with a really good coach, you can completely unpack and completely change and therefore change your reality because you will change the person that you are, you will change the behavior, the action that you take. Therefore, your results will have to manifest in a different yeah. way. Yeah. I find it really interesting that, you know, when we do the what if and we attach that emotion to it, our body doesn't understand that that isn't actually happening, that we're imagining it. It's physiologically responding. And so how, you know, how obviously how exhausting. If someone goes through a trauma, you're just like, oh, my gosh, she must be so exhausted, just emotionally exhausted. Yet we do that to ourselves all the time and then mm. wonder why we're so tired. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and part of that, and this is another part of my practice, not just for my clients, but so for myself, is mindfulness. Mm. And it is, it's about learning and it is a skill to learn to be present um, and to learn to be, and gratitude will help that massively. I've always, I, when I first started out in personal development, everyone was talking about gratitude. So I obviously was like, <laughs> flicked off to one side because I have to be different. But um <laughs> but it turns out it's a real thing, you know, just to to be able to pause and to be able to be really present and really still. And it's not about like people always have this sort of mis misconception, I think, about meditation, which is that it is the emptying of the mind. And do you know what? If you are a Buddhist monk and you do it for 57 years, mm. for 12 hours a day, 365 days a year, it probably is. Yeah, well, you've run, you've run out of things to think about, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? But for me, really fucking busy. My mind is mental. Yeah. I have got like a million voices in my head and they are always debating each other. You know, the world is busy. It is hectic. It is frantic. We live in a, in a world which is totally and utterly, you know, the electric light. Thank you for it. But ultimately, you know, it has changed the way that we exist as animal beings, but evolutionary, we haven't caught up with that. Yes. We're not designed yeah. to be awake for as long as we're awake, as long as we're awake. We're not designed to be as stimulated as we are. And so, you know, I think there is a real skill and an art form in learning the practices of mindfulness so that you can get out of your future a little bit more and start enjoying your present mm. because 
that's really all you've got. Yeah, and the reality of your present, um, because as you said, you know, there's so much 40, 40, 40, 40s, um, but stopping and looking at, and that's where the gratitude comes in, at what we have around us, how much we have, what is working, what is, what is beautiful in our days from the simplest things, um, and, and these things impact us in terms of parenting, in terms of being a friend, but also, you know, obviously something that I talk to people about a lot around running your business because, you know, if you're running your business and you're living in what if land, um, yeah, you're going to be run out very, very, you're just going to be exhausted and it's just throwing scenarios at yourself that aren't, Realistic, and we all do it. I do it. I fall into traps of it, but I've got my key tribe people who slap me out of it and who go, yeah. and they, they ask me the questions, the reality questions. So, you know, so what's happened with that? So, what's the reality of that? And I go, well, this bit's fine, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's that time of year as yes. well, isn't it? Where, um, and I did this, so like full disclosure, because I don't pretend to be anything than a messy, scrappy human myself. Like, I'm in no way, shape, or form. In no way, shape, or form have I got this shit worked <laughs> out. Like, I haven't got my shit together at all, but I'm really honest yeah. about that. And I think it's important, again, to be one human to another um you know end of the year is coming up um it's what december 2018 now as we're recording this and and i think about two weeks ago i was sitting there just totally and utterly beating up on myself looking at what all my peers were doing looking at what oprah was doing <laughs> because, because why oprah who, like, come on um and like literally just sitting there going i haven't done enough i i therefore i am not enough right because it's we're very good at taking our behavior and making it our personality so you know this is a trick that i'm learning to do more and more and more to separate things like shame and guilt guilt is i did a behavior that wasn't great shame is i am not great you know it's the same as embarrassment and and being humiliated you know i tripped over and that was embarrassing or i tripped over and i'm humiliated because i'm a terrible person who's clumsy and i'm an idiot massively different like to be able to separate behavior from who you actually are fundamentally at the core and so you know i was going and in, falling into this trap of just being like i'm a terrible person i'm a piece of shit i don't deserve success all of this all made up in my own head like ridiculous um because I, I was thinking back of the things that I hadn't done this year, right? Haven't made $2.5 million, haven't published yeah. three books, two of them being New York bestselling. Oh, best sellers, yes, you know. actually, oh, I, I can't believe you haven't done that. What a loser. What a <laughs> loser, right? And so, and you forget, it's so easy to go on that trail. It's so easy to, you know, I wrote a blog this morning and published it. And in it, I wrote, you know, it's very easy to compare somebody's best chapter with your epilogue. (laughs) So easy to do that. And that's what I was doing. And I think at this time of reflection, when we kind of like think about what our goals are for the coming year, it's really easy to beat ourselves up that we haven't achieved them yet. And actually when I sat down and my business coach made me do this, she was like, all right, what have you done? Stop thinking about the shit that you haven't done. What have you done? And when I looked back, I was like, holy (laughs) 
I've done a shitload. I've helped a shitload of people. I have taken my, you know, built a six-figure business in a year. I've helped this many people. I've changed this many lives. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got a successful blog. I've got. I've moved into a brand new house. I've been to Bali twice, England three times, Sri Lanka, Malaysia. I've half written a book. I just haven't published it yet. Like, actually, when you sit down. You know, and for some people, it might not be that, right? I'm a single woman with no children. I know, I know women in business who are like, I kept both of my children alive. We did. And that is like, I couldn't do that. There's a reason I'm not a mother. So, you know, like whatever it is for you, but it's going to be your unique thumbprint. Yes. But, you know, work out what, it, what you have done, what is amazing, what you have achieved. Um, and the other thing I just want to say about that is like, put down other people's judgments because other people's judgments of you, A, none of your fucking business. What other people think about you? None of your business. But also B, you know, what are they doing? Mm. You know, like if Sandra wants to sit on her sofa in her tracky dacks watching endless hours of Netflix, eating a monster tub of Ben and Jerry's and washing it back down with a bag of goon and trolling you on the internet, <laughs> fuck her. Let her. What is she doing? Like, unless you are in the same, and Brené Brown calls it being in the arena, right? Unless you're in the same arena as me, you don't get to judge me. What are you doing to make the world a better place? What are you doing to help your fellow man? What are you doing? Who are you serving? And unless you're in the same kind of field as me, you don't get to judge me. And if you are in the same field as me, you're not judging me. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're all unique. Everything that we're offering in our businesses is unique. Everything we've got behind the scenes is unique. And for me, it's just if you've moved forward, then you're winning. You're winning. Yeah. That's it. If you're still alive. Doing well. <laughs> Let's all hang out and celebrate. We're still alive. Oh, my God. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and the kids are too. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you've, if you've kept yourself and another human being alive. <laughs> or or plant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at a plant. You know, just before we we um went on live, I was looking at a plant I've got up there and I was like, not gonna make it to the new year, mate. Sorry. <laughs> so there we go. Epic fail, there you go. We're we're not in your arena, but we're gonna judge you on that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a succulent over here that's only alive because it's a succulent. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are like the fool's plant, they're the best. So I absolutely love there's so much food for thought, especially this time of the year when we're all going through doubt and there's just, it's just this, you know, massive pressure to what have you done? What have you done? And um, I just recently on the Vega Network um, did a list of what Virtually Yours has done in the last year and it was just insane. There's just been so much stuff. And I'm like, but what have you done? Because that's me. That's awesome. That's what I wanted to do. Um, But what have you done? And it's been so brilliant seeing what other people have done. And there's been one or two that are like, oh, but this happened and this happened. And everyone's like, yeah, but that happened. And what did you do that was that worked, that was awesome? Because you can acknowledge that. But let's focus on the brilliant things because there's no way you got through the year without doing something awesome. Yeah. And like, do you know what? This time last year, when I was in reflection, 2017 was the year of my clusterfuck, as my friends lovingly call it. And, um, you know, I had some real, like, my life fell apart. And, like, as the universe tends to do, it will have to strip something down to rebuild it. 
and um, we are in the, the resistance of that and wherever there is resistance there is pain so um, what most people tend to do is is push against that and then increase their experience of pain around a situation you know the reality is if your partner is leaving you your partner is leaving you if your friend betrayed your trust your friend betrayed your trust you can either sit in the victimhood of that or you can rebuild on the other side of it, come back with more resilience and, and having learned whatever lesson is there for you to learn, which is of your choosing exercise during free will in that, right? But I think this time last year, as I was sitting in reflection, my, literally what I wrote down on a piece of paper was, I'm still alive. You know, it was a year of ex, ex, exquisite grief and awful pain. And yeah, it was just so much yeah. loss last year and I think you know the fact that I was still alive and the fact that I was literally waking up in the morning and breathing was my thing that was that was where I was at at that point in time and that is okay like bad stuff happens and again it comes back to this idea of being unashamedly human bad shit happens and my so my mum died last year and I think that for me was such a lesson in learning that you don't get to control aspects of life. Yeah. And the only control that you have in the wake of things like that happening is how you choose to get up the next day. And the next day might not be figuratively like 24 hours later, it might be weeks or months, whatever your process is. Right. Because I, I believe in feeling all the feels, but you don't get to control other people. You don't get to control death. You don't get to control the universe. All you can ever do is control how you're going to react mm -hmm. to it. And that's when you exercise your free yeah. will. So, you know, everyone's year is different. Everyone's life is different. Everyone's circumstances are different. Um, everyone's mission is different. Everyone's goals and aspirations are different. So just be where you're at at the moment. Be grateful for it and know that at any given time you can exercise your free mm -hmm. will to create reality that you want to create for yourself in the wake of whatever has happened. Love that. I, I want to get one more thing from you. There mm. are some people um, or all of us who at various stages um, get stuck in being a victim in business where, mm. you know, just can't do it, I can't afford that, I can't charge that, I can't get any clients, I can't do this, can't do that. What tips do you have for them? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, victimhood is a beautiful um, subject and I could talk about it forever because I am kind of the self-appointed queen of it, if I'm going to be honest. I feel like if there was a degree, <laughs> we'd have the first. In nice. Give me the mortarboard immediately, <laughs> could lecture on the subject. So, um, you know, it's been a real, um, it's been something, that, and it's something that I'm sure I will continue until the day I die to catch myself doing. Um, it's an interesting topic because victimhood is very, it's one of the quickest ways that we get to connect with ourselves. And it's also a beautiful, beautiful excuse uh, not to do shit, right? Because it's, again, it's about blame. It's like, well, you know, the world is out to get me or I'm not good enough. It's, it's blaming circumstances outside of your control. In a weird way, even blaming yourself is blaming circumstances outside of your control. I'm not good enough is a beautiful, elegant excuse to say, I kind of can't be bothered to take the action to make myself yeah. good enough. Yeah. 
if I'm not good enough, so where's the point even trying? Awesome, rock on, then appreciate your results and shut the fuck up because it's really boring listening to your story. So I think one of the things to do is to recognize that you're in it and to be all right with it. Just to be like, oh, I'm going to be a victim. I'm going to set a timer on my phone and I'm going to be a fucking victim. Boo! And just like let it out. Awesome. Let it out. Be it. Like punch a pillow. Hate on yourself for 10 minutes. And then you kind of have to approach it with humor. You have to be like, come on you and I think what happens with especially with women is we seem to have this like impression that once we hit a certain biological age we should be grown up <laughs> yeah that sucks because it's so wrong it's so not yeah. true so like well, I'm 18 now so I should have my shit together and sure I might be able to learn skills like I might be able to learn how to use photoshop Ooh. I might be, be able to learn how to you know make toast <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cook that spaghetti bolognese, whatever, right? But we don't think, we, we, we have this fixed mindset about learning, which is I have done this right or I have done this wrong, I'm capable, I'm not capable. And that comes from the schooling system that we've all been pushed through in the West here. But um, it's a completely different brand. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I think one of the things that I have learned is that I treat myself, I, I feed back to myself after I've had my 10 minutes of victimhood, because quite frankly, I love it. But after that, once that is over, I, I feed back to myself like I would feed back to my niece when she was four years old. And if my niece had done something when she was four years old and she fucked it, I wouldn't, like, you don't turn around to a potty training two-year-old and go, you shit yourself. <laughs> You are fucked. You are going to stay in nappies forever. You are a terrible human being. Never do that again, right? That's it. We're just keeping you in pampers for the rest of your life. You don't. When a kid falls off its bike, you don't go, "Oh, you can't. You can't ride a bike. You were right. Come on, then. Let's not bother doing that again." You don't. You, you, you continually encourage them, and and you uh, you give them this like grace period of saying you get to try again and I think with humans we don't do with grown-up humans we don't do that we go I tried it and it didn't work so I'm inherently a failure at life and I'm not going to try doing this again whereas actually if you can start feeding back to yourself because your feedback is more important than anyone else's you can start feeding back to yourself like a four-year-old like literally like hey babe come on we're going to try that again we're going to try it differently this time you know, there is no such thing as failure. There is no such thing as success without failure. It's impossible. The two things are the same. You cannot have one without the other. It is impossible. Life is a paradox. You can't have night without day. You can't have hot without cold. You can't have love without loss. You cannot have success without failure. It is impossible. So make friends with failure. Do it often. Do it fast and get the fuck over with it. Because nobody, you sitting in your victimhood, the only person, the only person that that is affecting is you. Yep, exactly. That's it. Like, no one, no one's going to come along and rescue you from that. So, it, potentially, all you're ever going to do is alienate people because it is so very boring. Mm. Yep, yep. It's annoying. Yep. So, you know, rock on. You failed. Yay! <laughs> one way of not doing it. It was, um, was it Edison who invented the light bulb? Yes. Who said that um, when he was... He tried it like 9,099 times or something. And again, he fucked it. Again, it didn't work. He had all the press around him. This time it's going to work. And again, it didn't. And someone said, you know, how, how does it feel to fail again? He said, oh, I haven't failed. I've just successfully found 9,099 ways that it hasn't worked. And, you know, that's the difference. We wouldn't have light today if he tried it once and it didn't work. And he went, oh, I can't do it. 
like <laughs> we'd still be sitting here around a fire right <laughs> so, you know you owe it to yourself but you also owe it to the world to get back up and find a find a different way of fucking up. <laughs> There's no way that I'm going to end this on anything other than that. I want to <laughs> find a different way to fuck it up and just get on with it. I love it. I love it. I have. I could talk to you all day. I know that you're a very busy lady because you've got you know another 200 million to make next year and free yeah, and all that. Stuff. Knock Oprah off her throne. That's right. Yeah. White Oprah, here she comes. <laughs> Love it. So what we're going to do too is we're going to pop some of the links so that you can sign the stalk, Emily, after this. Yes, go for yeah. that. Yeah, and, um, and if you want to learn more about mindset stuff while being unashamedly human and keeping it real, it's cut the bullshit. This is the lady you need to talk to. Emily, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a blast. You're so welcome. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed. Between now and our next session, I know you're going to be hanging out to take some action on outsourcing in your business. So head on over to virtuallyyours.com.au and you can download some information there about the best ways to outsource for business growth. If you're a virtual assistant, make sure you join us. We have an amazing virtual assistant community at Virtually Yours, Aussie VAs connecting and helping each other grow. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you at the next podcast.